Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us for yet more of Girl by Moonlight Fractals Fire, our special event on twitch.tv slash Elrond. When last we left off, just before the break, Zenaida Metaxas has re revealed themselves in this room to be a threat, and has just tossed our ally, Rustam Demir, to the other side of the room. So yeah, we are kind of in the thick of it at this moment. Does anyone have an immediate response before things happen? First, I should ask to be absolutely positively sure, does anyone have an ability that would give them priority and an action if, if necessary? Maybe. If I also wanted maybe. to, optionally. Mm -hmm. Maybe also ah. if I wanted to. Situational things. Cool. Noted. I um, did not take Clock Stopper as an ability. So I do mm -hmm. not get initiative by default. Cool. Okay. So, the thing that, I, uh, that is about to happen, if you, if you all would like to resist that in, me, uh, in any way or form, is uh, you all notice that tendrils of, like, black inky liquid are now rushing towards all of you. So, to clarify, I can only act specifically before my rival does. Um, uh -huh. The move that I have. So, I cannot act first. I, I, this is how I'm reading it. I don't think that I can say I get to act first by default. No, I you feel have like to it's act... A retro it's a retroactive yeah, you have to act thing in response where it's like, to, yeah, where yeah. if Vic does a thing, then I can say, no, I get to go first. I do this first. Mm -hmm. um, and I can expend my special armor to resist something I don't like. Aha. Uh -huh. Can you read that ability verbatim for me? Just to remind me. Of course. Saw it coming. You can expend your special armor to resist any consequence relating to surprise or misfortune, to be in two places at once, or perform some similar feat of time manipulation. Ah, okay, cool. Noted. So, to be sure, is that a thing that you'd like to do in this moment? No, not just yet. So I think Vic's impulse is to go first. And I think what that looks like is, you know, there's kind of on-rushing dark goop stuff and Vic steps out of the elevator as which side are you on starts like play just playing from nowhere and like a magic trick blooms of lavender ripple up their body revealing deed um, who is going to step forward and basically try to shield uh, shield block the whole thing but Ruth could go first if they want to now I think in a surprise and immensely important shift of character, Ruth actually steps forward with Vic as opposed to before what? Vic. And as he steps forward, Vic hears him murmur very quietly under his breath, Ruthless, let me be able to do this. And he transcends himself of his own volition. And there against the darkness, Ruthless's lightning bright light just sears into the room. 
what is the thing that makes this this transcendence different? What is about what what about the form that this takes is distinctly different than when ruthless simply takes takes your form? When ruthless transcended before, it was a very violent transformation. It looked like he was pretty much being murdered out of the way. In this one he changes from one step to the next. Almost like, I'm going to be a little poetic, almost kind of like a fighter shedding, you know, his robe or his towel before stepping into the ring or something. Just a very natural transition of, I was outside this fight, now I am inside it. Mm-hmm. I love this so very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when Ruthless appears... She smiles and she says, maybe to Ruth, maybe to Vic, maybe to just herself, because she is that kind of person. I'm with you. And do you also put up a shield like Deed has, or do you do something else? Like with Siobhan, how Ruthless summoned Crystal as a weapon, I guess. Uh, Similarly, she manifests or casts like crystalline sheets of almost like mica in the air. So anything that hits, it kind of vanishes through it. The sheets of mica are portals into elsewhere in the dream. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you both pose with your shields in front of the rest of the group, and you watch this goop as it very briefly, very obviously to you becomes sharp and semi-solid, as if it was meaning to actually do some very serious damage to you. And then it hits Deed's shield and just kind of bounces off and flies off into other directions. And it hits Ruthless's shield and then just goes splat and disappears into the mica. As Zenaida looks at you all and goes, Clever, good enough. But you seem to forget where you are. This is my realm. This was granted to me. You are just visitors here. And I can kick visitors out whenever I want. And then they raise their hands into the air and then push them down. And you all feel this incredible pressure on your shoulders. You feel as if some intense gravity has been suddenly exerted upon your body, and it makes it incredibly difficult for you all to move. Whoever is like immediately next to Rustam at this point notices that it is so sudden and so intense that it forces the sword in his hand all the way out of his hand, and when it is forced down into the ground, it actually pierces the gr- the floor of the elevator just an inch and a half from his ankle. And is now stuck in there. I'd like to say that Ruthless engages Zenaida in whatever passes for dream combat. Ah, to exert your will past this pressure, mm-hmm. um, you will have to make a roll. That sounds like a defy to me. 
Defy works. I'm open to some other things, but Defy definitely always works in the dream. I'd say your position is desperate and your effect is standard because you are transcended. So when I make a desperate roll, I can choose to get plus 1d for the roll if I also take minus 1d to any resistance rolls against consequences for my action. I would like to do that. All right, yes, please. So that's a total of five dice. Good lord. I am not going to push myself, because five dice seems like I'm just going overboard at this point. And I should probably save the stress for other things. Rolling 5d6, desperate. A 3, a 6, a 3, a 5, and a 4. And marking the desperate XP, just in case I level up another dot in something. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't run per se, but you have regained a great deal of your mobility in this moment. If you still, if you wanted to immediately rush up towards Zenaida and do a thing. With that in mind, what is the thing that you specifically want to do? Because this is ruthless, she doesn't just want to fight her. She wants to hurt her. Because this is her indulgence. Mm-hmm. That is what Ruthless wants to do. And also, I will note one of Ruthless's transcendent abilities is this one's mine. Once you engage a foe, neither of you may back down until one of you is defeated. While you are engaged with your foe, only your rival can assist you, and other foes will not interfere. Your rival may take your place at any time, but must finish what you started. Upgrade to that is that in the intervening time between when I last forced Vic into a terrible quandary with this ability, I have also taken Relentless, which is, while transcended, each protagonist counts as your rival. I am transcended now. All of you are my rivals. All of you may interfere and assist me in beating the crap out of this person. Okay, cool. Noted. All of this is going to be particularly juicy. Okay, you march yep. your way up to Zenaida, and there's a thing that you specifically wanted to do in, in the interest of causing maximum pain. What's the mm. action that you... What is the thing you specifically want to do to Zenaida right now? I... Chat gets the sense that Ruthless is winking at her, even though Ruthless is not looking at her. And in a grand echo of the time that Kat gave her a backhand out of sheer disrespect, just to show that she didn't like her. (laughs) Ruthless very neatly peels off the skin, the quartz skin, of her left hand, and very neatly slaps Anita across the face with it. In the most... The bitch slap no one saw coming move of the century. (laughs) And then she casts the skin quartz glove aside, beams over at Deed, and says, do what you do best, love. Zenaida pauses for a moment, like actively like struck dumb by the act of being slapped. And then they turn back to you and goes, and they go, it's a lucky shot. 
my turn and they slap you. This is, unless you resist it, a godlike backhand. This is non-mortal. This is like this is like Black Adam attempting to flick you on the forehead. Yep, if I'm you, happy to resist that. Yeah, uh, please. Uh, so I used a reckless for that, so I only have the one die for resisting. So mm-hmm. what if I resist for you? Oh? I was going to volunteer as well. <laughs> do you have a move that lets you do that? or? I mean, I can protect an ally, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. can be spent to help reduce harm. Because I, w- I was thinking of just trying to resist the consequence for you, which looks like deed break, like almost Superman jumping from getting like crushed down to the floor, like breaking free enough to slam the shield up in front of the 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 attack, and like you know maybe deed gets thrown flying against the wall and like craters into it, but takes the blow for mm-hmm. ruthless. I think that adds a little bit to their sparkling relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to let you. you resist for this then, Vic. All right. So if I'm resisting for some, if I'm protecting somebody, I roll 4d6 because I have a three in sun and I have the special ability watchful. When you protect an ally, take plus one to your resistance roll. Mm-hmm. I got a crit. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, Grand. Oh, and I just said, do what you do best, love. (laughs) So yeah, when I believe in Girl by Moonlight as well, when you crit on a resistance roll, you regain one stress. Mm -hmm. Um, Grand. So yeah, I feel like maybe on a crit, D doesn't even get uh, like flung. Yeah. It just kind of, ching, just knocks (laughs) off the... uh, the shield that you had up weirdly Zenaida's hand sounds like metallic solid against it but still and they like they glance at you out of the corner of their eye with like absolute disdain and goes oh right you think the power of friendship is going to save you now don't you and then you both feel the grip of something slimy and wet grab you by both of your ankles each. I'm gonna need y'all to make separate resistance rules now. Are we resisting for sun? Yes, this is sun. A four and a five for me. I I did very badly. I got two, four, and six, so I spend zero. That's a two, a one, and a three. (laughs) Uh, Wait, am I also rolling? Sorry, I did not understand that I was also rolling. Mina, I would also like you to roll, yes. Okay, so I got a five, so that means I take one stress, correct? That's a six, a five, and a two. Nice, cool. This sucks for cat. Um, no power of friendship. <laughs> don't worry, cat. If this is somehow fatal, oh, I can we have ways. and protect you. We have ways and means. <laughs> Vic and Nina, you feel like these like wet, slimy tendrils grab you by the ankle and pull. 
and you budge a little bit. You feel like if you weren't like actively uh, resisting this effort, like it would have potentially dragged you all the way across the room. Ruth, you feel the exact same thing, and you feel this sudden push forward that makes you fall backwards on your back. But it doesn't hurt a lot. It just took you off your feet. Cat, mm. you're taken out of the elevator and all the way to the other like edge of this mm. apartment where if it weren't for the fact that the plate glass window that is this entire other wall was covered in wet goop, you would have slid all across this tile, bounced off the very sharp edge of a single uh, tiled step right in front of the window, and then catapulted out of the window and fallen to your doom. Am I taking harm from this? You're just going to take all of the stress. You're not going to take any harm at the moment. But you're going to take many? three. You're going to take three stress. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to save the ability for later and just take the stress. Yeah, it's gonna. Things are gonna get far more dire. Um, mm-hmm. I can uh, spend one of my links with you, Cat, and make it so that you only take one. You are linked pro crowd. Re- linked pro tag. Recover two stress. Hmm. Okay. Yes, I would appreciate that. Yep. So as you. you go flying, uh, you see Ruthless's light crackle. Mm-hmm. Like, she is physically furious that this has been done to you. And you're like, oh, she does care in a really fucked up way. And that makes it less I just like stressful. you marginally less. <laughs> yeah. So you take um, one stress. Okay. Nice. Nina, I'd like you to give me a one die fortune roll. Oh no! Okay, here we go. You don't need to. You don't need to be worried about you. Well, I'm worried about everybody else. That I can't I, help with. That's a three. Cool. You notice out of the corner of your eye, still in the elevator, that a wet orb of black fungus goo. rises up from the edge of the elevator, makes a very large fist right to the left of Rustam's face, grabs Rustam by the head and throws him into the room. Hey! (laughs) I have no, I don't know what else to say. Like, (laughs) what am I going to do? Can I, I try to like, I jump to grab his legs, I guess. Like, I don't know how fast my reflexes are. I will say you can make this as a well. This is no. This is an action. So you'll. Ha- I, I will need. I will need an action. I will need to um, give me an action roll for that. I was gonna say that could work as protect a teammate, but Rustam yeah, is not, not really on your teammate. Team. No, yeah. He's on an escort mission at the moment. He's not. He's, <laughs> he's not just an ally. some guy. <laughs> I feel like at best it's a defy roll. Because mm-hmm. Nina is, yeah, it it's it basically is like her her reflexes trying to try, trying to grab for him, and I don't think that really qualifies as any of the other activities. <laughs> that definitely works. That's 
Risky standard. Yeah, risky standard. Okay. Defy risky standard. The five? Oh, nice. You... Like, so basically, you... as soon as she sees the, the head thing grab him, she tries to then grab him also to keep him from being pulled, pushed, moved, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you... You, you you kind of catch this just as the as this gloopy arm wraps around his head. You manage to like throw a hand at, you throw an arm ahead of him before it could move forward, and the hand responds by moving backward very suddenly, essentially slamming the back of Rustam's head against the back of the elevator, and then trying to exert more for, more force past you. And fails, but it still manages to shove you just enough forward that now both of you are outside of the elevator. Dreamshine Staffer number two picks the claymore up up from the elevator again and rushes towards Rustam as if to try to carve some of the ink off from the side of his face. Mina, give me a one die fortune. Okay. That's a six. Nice. Good job, Claymore oh, guy. Yes. Yeah. That peels all the way through it, and like it just kind of disappears in this like black hot mist. Rustam is like gasping for air. At some point in the grab, it stopped being a hand and just started being this like dark orb surrounding his entire head. He probably was not breathing that entire time. Um, Nina just Nina whispers, "Are you a Renny?" all of us are creating this npc's backstory right now brandon (laughs) sorry (laughs) the staffer kind of like tosses the sword up in the air such that it is twirling perfectly horizontally before catching it back by the handle and goes before i joined the armed forces i did have some experience with uh, a little bit of stage combat. Yes, uh, ma'am. Uh, that's not going to be weird, is it? That's amazing. Duly noted, ma'am. And you notice as he now rushes towards uh, Zenaida and Rustam is rushing to his left-hand side to a room with Sliding double doors that are presently closed and are covered with less goop than everything else, but still covered in goop. Any one of you can decide you want to assist any one of them in performing any action. Also, I will note, uh, Shine Staffer number one and Aisha are still in the elevator. And no one is presently with them at the moment. Cab, Cab is like all the way on the other end of the room now from the elevator, right? Mm-hmm. Where is that in relation to these doors? These doors are like just to just in front of and to the left of the elevator. So you're on the other side of the room from okay. them as well. Where you are, you can see very wet and dirty couches, the TV, kitchen counter. So it's me in the ocean of sludge. Yes. And is some things anything- that would make poor weapons. 
I was about to ask if anything mired in the sludge functions as an improvised weapon. You could reach it. You could uh, move towards the kitchen and try to get a knife. But first, you'd have to move toward the kitchen. Oh, no, a knife is is close quarters combat, and I am no good at that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, there are- Fun fact, if you take a knife to a fight and you are not already really good at knife fighting, you are statistically way more likely to get yourself hurt than the other guy. I will say, while this is also a- While this is also too close quarters to be of usefulness to you, there is, on a mantelpiece- dripping with, like, wet fungus pieces and stuff like that. To your left-hand side, like, just between one of, like, the load-bearing pillars of this penthouse, you see on Mm -hmm. the mantelpiece a uh, shakujo that you can grab if you wanted to use that. I strongly feel that hitting someone over the head with it, while it happens, like, all the time in anime would be actually pretty blasphemous and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. It dawns on you in this moment. You have no but, idea why it might be on display in Rustam's apartment in the first place. Because white people love oriental religious artifacts, Brandon. <laughs> he probably also has a severed Buddha head in here somewhere. Oh, he is Lord. that kind of man. Oh, However, Kat will put her hand up for a card. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> Death by cards, yes! Okay. You put your hand up for a card. Instead, a large golden rectangle appears right in front of your palm. I'm not going to make you roll for this. This is a thing that you already have. When you focus on the thing, you notice the grinning figure? Mm-hmm. You want to remind me what the reading was for the grinning figure? I do, fucking All paths lead away from Greece. You look at the grinning figure, and you notice that the texture of this card is a great deal glossier than it used to be, and you're not noticing the touch of any inlays on the back, which is usually incredibly ornate. When you turn it around, you see a photo of Zenaida. But it's doing this weird lenticular thing around their head. When you focus on Zenaida's head, there is still a head there. There is still a face there. It is decidedly not human. It is. The card is still a form of paper-like material. Mm-hmm. Zenaida's head is doing this weird thing where you are rapidly... Sensing more eyes than a head should have, but getting the impression you're not seeing all of the eyes, and it looks very round and wet and soft, and you're like getting this vague impression of like tendrils coming from the sides of it. Oh, I it does make it's sense time for to you. dream logic, don't I? Hmm. Oh ho! Because what is symbolic is true. Mm-hmm. Cat folds and creases the card and uses her, her thumbnail and fingernail to, like, really get that crease in there. She rips the card, beheading the depiction of Zenaida on the card. Everyone in this room briefly sees, like, 
the space of reality that is directly between them and Zenaida kind of break and Zenaida's entire form collapses into this large black goo. You actually see some of the rest of the mildew and sludge on the edge, on the very extremities of this room kind of retreat a little bit, just as Zenaida does. And, and, And then, like, all in very sudden deliberate motions. That orb becomes a very sharp isosceles hedron, then becomes a very slim black line, and then shoots out in very sharp corners in every direction of the room, and you can hear this very sharp screaming from, in, from the very center of the room. Everyone! And- the bit where she's slooping herself back together. This means that it's now easier to move about because there's less goop to navigate? Yes, very briefly. But now you have to move through the very sharp sound and the very sharp points that are, exi- that are being forced out of the very center of the room where everyone is about to take a level two harm stabbed several times. Whoops, sorry. I mean, when you but, bring a knife to a knife fight, it's a rule that a everyone second. gets stabbed. <laughs> I, so hold on. I have so many links that are going to get spent right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> are you, are you everyone needs, everyone needs to resist to so you can just, like, pour so, out some. Yeah, so this is, yeah, every, if you I'm also going to spend to a resist, bunch because I caused this. <laughs> If you spend links on allies, they ignore one harm tag. And so, at a minimum, this is going to be reduced. Mm-hmm. I don't know about myself, but... Oh, okay. you're fine. You... I have you covered. I'm going to spend links to reduce your harm. Mm-hmm. If you resist and then spend links for everyone else, then anyone can just spend links to drop your harm, your uh, stress. Okay, so does everyone have to resist right now? Is that what we're doing, or...? No. Okay. Uh, You will spend... Right. I'm I'm assuming one harm tag to be any harm tag, regardless of its intensity. So, all you have to do is spend three... All you need to do is spend three social links, and then resist yourself. Okay, or if somebody else spends a link for me, then I don't have to resist. I'm spending then, a link yeah. for each of you. And if I spend a link for each person, does that essentially cancel the harm to Ruth and Vic? Because Nina and I both spent links? Yeah, how oh, does... How does... We've never... I don't think we've ever like, done this. Before. Yeah, we've never done this. Can yeah, we've never it? gotten this... We've never gotten this intense at this point before. Yeah, um, they ignore one harm tag doesn't mean the same thing, I oh, think, as right. we take away a harm tag. No, right, yeah, you are correct. Ignore a harm tag means when you gain harm, it's also supposed to severely disable you during some actions, but you can spend a social link to act as if you do not have that harm. Okay, so this is... You actually so you can't spend, spend the link to, to prevent okay. it. So we just all have yeah. to try to okay. resist then. Or yeah, everyone, everyone yeah. has to resist. So but we then all resist all and of- we hold our social links to give people buffs later. Yes, yeah. okay, got it, gotcha. understood. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is a sun resist again? Yes, this is a sun resist. Or is there, there's no way to take an action to attempt to stop it, right? 
is resisting the act of attempting to not take the harm and instead we take the stress because that's how I understand the system. Yes, resist them. Res- resisting is avoiding a harm and, theref- and therefore taking stress, which represents the effort that you have exerted in order to not suffer harm. I crit again. Oh, God oh, good lord. Gorgeous. Thetis is just rolling Thetis through. <laughs> I have a five and a four. I have a okay. one and a six. Nice. Nice. Thanks. Nice! Oh my god! Holy shit! Yeah, yes. you're all doing pretty well. The honestly. power of we're friendship. all doing great. We're all Cut. doing great. Like you only take one stress from that, Yuri. Yeah, we you only take one stress gladly. Notice the glass coming up, and we just like manifest carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Deed still has shield up, so shield bounces off some of that damage. Ruthless is already ruthless. stone anyway. Ruthless also has shield up, so some of that just kind of sinks into the mica again as well. Cat, you just kind of dodge into some wet sofa nearby, and it just kind of soaks up <laughs> some of those stabs. Can I nominate the phrase dodge into wet sofa as mm. the best thing I've heard all year? <laughs> oh, good lord. The year's only just begun. We have the so many more shenanigans to get into. Dodge into wet sofa 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Nina... You, if you want, you can back me to the elevator. I don't know if you want to move me back that way, but that's an option. No, no, no. You have this like weird moment of what is essentially supreme luck, where because Rustam and Dreamy Shine Staffer Number Two were running at cross directions directly in front of your path, one does unfortunately strike Rustam square in the right breast and he he just kind of tumbles and rolls down towards the right side of the apartment and renaissance dreamshine staffer deflects two like sharp points from zenaida with the hilt of the claymore with the hilt of the claymore and keeps rushing toward uh zenaida's collapsing shape as Zenaida kind of reforms solidly and is distinctly now taller and wider than they used to be before and turns to Vic, because this would be the most impactful for Vic in this moment, and goes, how does it feel to know what's really behind the curtain as they make to grab you again? Not even paying attention to Dreamshine Guy. So... Deed lets them grab her because as Zenaida pulls Deed in, she says, Oh child, you don't think my champion doesn't know everything about you already. And I'm going to invoke a flashback using dream logic to Vic having studied Zenaida because of course they would have studied all the top dream, Dreamshine staff. And I want to roll analyze in a flashback montage to get an understanding of who this person is. Mm-hmm. Which is I'm... reading public and private records, sneaking into places, interviewing Dreamshine uh, employees, because Vic, through this process, has also been helping Dreamshine employees try to build a union, which they alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Noted. <laughs> so... 
as a flashback, you have to take stress. Yes. I, it's a, this is a substantive flashback. I accept. Yeah, exactly. I think this has to be three. Gladly paid. Oh my god. I want you to give me a, a fortune roll with as many dots that you have in Analyze as if transcended. May I push? You may. Or spend, oh, uh, can I spend a, a social link maybe to assist in this? Or is that not a thing that you can spend a social link on right now? I'd say you can, yeah. You can spend a social link to reduce Vic's stress because you can Vic also, is taking uh, very substantial stress right now. Okay. Uh, it, it, you can grant 1D to an ally's action, but this is not we, for analyze. Yeah. So I can not, I can maybe not help with the stress, but I can help with the analyze potentially. Because if you're doing all that work, like there might be dream sign stuff that I can get from inside the building. I for don't sure. Know. Yeah. If not, mm-hmm. then no, but. No, I'll give that to you. I will spend a link then to reduce the stress of the flashback, at least, by saying that when Vic was going through all of these records, and in Dream Logic, which is a specific ability on our sheet that states uh, for those listening, when you trigger a flashback while transcended, you receive all applicable benefits of transcendence for any actions taken during that flashback. So I'm interpreting it here as... Vic possibly after one too many nights of reading extremely depressing stuff about all the terrible things that Zenaida has done and, you know, faltering a little bit in what measly, squishy four of us could possibly achieve, maybe has a chat with Ruthless at some point or chats with Ruth and Ruth is a very blunt, straightforward person and helps dissect down the reality of well, you can still do this, you still can't do that, and at the very, very, very worst, we can still punch her good. Yep. Um, um, so that reduces the stress of the flashback. Very cool. Also, I get plus effect when anticipating threats to the group. So this this uh, analyze should have plus effect. It should. Okay. Um, so that's two for my analyze, one for an assist, and... I have stress has been reduced with that stress being reduced. I'm at one, which means I can pay two to push and I'm going to go up to four D six. Okay. Two, five, one, six. Good Lord. These rolls y'all. Okay. So because this is a flashback and because we therefore need to qualify some weird shit. I'm going to say this is information that you've actually gathered quite some time ago and hadn't reasonably broached with at least the entire team before this point because of how weird it is. You have spoken to several Dreamshine staff, several other adjacent conspiracy victims or uh, survivors or people linked to those survivors and other revolutionaries post one of your last survived kidnap attempts by the conspiracy. Because you recall very strongly that while you were still, like, very eagerly being hunted and captured and traded by the inner workings of the conspiracy, on a regular basis you would would discover that people had conversations about the upper echelon of the conspiracy 
in ways that were so coded that they made no sense to you. People would have conversations about the upper echelon as if their intentions and procedures were nebulous to them, as if they had uh, had internal conversations with superiors that were so troubling and anxiety-inducing that merely the act of asking them what it was like to be in the presence of a particular superior caused people to refuse to answer further questions or just kind of collapse into like serious depression immediately after having that conversation with you. And whenever trying to find like official documents from organizational structures tied to the conspiracy about their interactions with the upper echelon, upper echelon of the conspiracy, they're either heavily redacted or when not redacted, just kind of don't make sense. You have read documents from Dreamshine official laboratory storage facilities that read like SCPs. And that's when it occurs to you. You just kind of put it together in your own brain as like, I mean, we're going to the dreamscape on a regular basis and interacting with the fundamental internal unconsciousness of our entire city and perhaps all of its environs almost every night. It's not unlikely that we're dealing like with fucking aliens, is it? But that doesn't make any sense. How do I explain to my friends that we might be dealing with fucking aliens? You think we're dealing with fucking aliens. And you don't know what that means yet, because most of these documents can't actually reveal much detail. But the lack of detail heavily implies that something something extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial is taking place and is somewhat inherently responsible for interacting with the dreamscape as a physical capacity on Earth in the first place. That none of this would have happened if they never came here. But you've never seen one. But the documents heavily imply that some of them work for or are regularly present in Dreamshine. So you imagine that it was that Rustam was working for something or in debt to something and therefore could not be trusted because obviously that meant he was in on the thing. It's piecing together for you now seeing Zenaida in this moment. Maybe Zenaida was really just placed here in this subordinate position of authority to Rustam, really to monitor him the entire time. And now that you're seeing that they're not human, maybe this confirms all of your previous suspicions. And so, you know, we get the we get the flashback. We get kind of the like uh, Vic talking to himself. And Brandon, please veto this if you have other plans for the golden ticket. But Vic kind of uh, visits the other dream nights in their dreams and leaves with each person a personalized note that is that's basically the if I die, here's all the information I have. The one for Nina is encoded on the back of the golden ticket because on the back of the golden ticket, it's a, it's a movie ticket, admit one, to the X-Files movie. So I like this, and this is 
a part of the thing that I will use later. I will point out that is not. I, I have I, the thing is in mind the legal okay. win ticket that we yeah, will this very soon. I'm, but ac- acknowledging that this is present is also very useful. So thank you, so, thank you so very much for that. Yeah, I will I, let that stand. Because to me, I feel like I want to throw to probably Cat or potentially Ruth with okay. Here's a bunch of information. Now you can do something with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so yeah. I'm game to to figure out how that gets conveyed or was conveyed to somebody else, depending on what folks feel like they want to do next. Brandon? Yes. How much of this information do I have access to from previous timelines? Oh, ho, ho, ho. You may want die for general. Okay. <laughs> None of it. <laughs> Good lord, I'm very sorry. So for that one that you rolled... Remember, this is a conspiracy. It's Mm -hmm, constructed mm -hmm. to be concealing for a reason. Even though you have confronted a great deal of some of the higher ups and some of the greatest threats of the conspiracy in multiple timelines, and witnessed some city-ending or world-ending consequences in many of them, you have never gleaned this up to this point. The very first information you've ever had of this is seeing the grinning figure for the very first time. I love this. Cat has context for a lot of the things that went bad in the last several tries. Yeah. It retroactively makes sense. While this is happening, Renaissance Soldier is still rushing toward with the sword, and Rustum is still running toward the side door. How do I make GM rolls here? You know what? I'm going to ask you all to do it, because that's how, that's how Blades is supposed to be played. Can I ask you to roll for our Renaissance soldier? Okay. A one die fortune roll. You can do it, Rennie. Oh god. That's a six. Yes! Oh god, this guy is... God bless, god bless. We're keeping them. We are keeping this person. Because we're keeping them. Some some upbeat rendition of a Heather Dale Skadian song starts playing. Cool, nice. I, I, y'all say you, that you're keeping him. I hope that y'all do the effort that is required to make sure nothing bad happens to him. He slashes upward across uh, Zenaida's form, and it kind of sinks into, like, ink and, like, black sludge. But you see that it's also hitting some matter beneath that is still presenting itself as fairly humanoid. It draws red blood cuts through what is supposed to still be cloth underneath. Zenaida, like, reels in pain and draws two large black orbs to either side of them and then makes fists with their hands and you see those orbs turn into large black rectangles and they all, and both of them are set to collide at both sides of Rennie's torso. He's about to be crushed by a thing. I would like deed again. I would like I would like you to give me a one die for two roll. Sure thing. That's a two. Yikey. Those two flat, solid shapes collide with him at the hips, and he kind of goes down like a stone. He just kinda hits the ground face first immediately after being crunched at both sides with those shapes. He looks fine, but he also looks like he 
took quite a blow in that moment. He's not going to get up for a while. Nina, I'd like you to give me a two-die fortune roll for our friend Dresden. Oh, dear. Okay. It's a three and a four. You see him grab at the handles of the sliding double doors of this room. Just as Zenaida wraps, like, several tendrils across the length of his legs and drag him all the way back to the other end of the room so solidly that you hear him like slam against the other wall and you hear something crack but he's pulled so suddenly from the door that you see that uh, one of the doors is now ajar and in it you can see piles and piles of books None of, nothing in that room seems dirty as far as you can see so in the midst of all this chaos and seeing that the person who seems most capable of fixing all of this, because he actually knows how to fix all of this, has just had a reaction to being manhandled, Ruthless is going to draw upon the information that was passed to her through Ruth by Vic when they were doing their research and also from the silhouette of I guess the card when Zenaida's form shifted and she is going to once again hurt Zenaida in the deepest way she possibly can and she is just going to pull her fist back and put it right through Zenaida's head. And when she pulls it back out, just drags all those grinning teeth with it. Okay. And um, as she does this, she looks to Deed and says, Rustum's fallen, get this done. Okay, I just want to clarify, how many transcendent actions do you still have? I think, depending on how you want to clarify how much of this has been all indulgence, I have anywhere from two to all of them. Ah, okay, noted. This is going to be grand. Give me a roll for the thing. So, I'd like to roll defy for this. Mm Mm-hmm. What is my position? Your position is uh, risky, okay. but your effect is great. Okay. And I think I'd like to push myself for this. Okay. And Ruthless's third and final transcendent ability is Brutish. When you push yourself, choose one of the following additional benefits. Perform a superhuman feat of physical force. Destroy an obstacle between you and your rival. I would like to take the first one. Mm-hmm. Because I imagine putting my arm through Zanida's head is going to be technically a superhuman feat of strength. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's three sixes, a five, and a four. Yo! <laughs> Good lord. Anger, crit. <laughs> so, like, super crit? Good lord. 
God. There is... I can't even remember... I can't even remember what anime this is, but there is a scene from an anime where a guy gets punched in the face so hard that it stops being color and starts being black and white. That's how hard you hit Zenaida just now. Like, you didn't, you didn't just upset their reality by hitting them. You upset the dream by hitting anyone that hard in the dream in that moment. Like, everything kind of rattles around you. And when you pull back your fist, you have, like, not any part of the physical form of Zenaida or this other stranger form. But you pull, like, a pile of matter. Like, you have what seems to be, like, crumpled up dollar bills and very small diamonds and, like someone's knitting needle. Like, you pull out, like, large clumps of things that you couldn't have potentially just grabbed in that moment are all in your hand right now. And you look at it like, where is all of this coming from? And just by touching them, you know, this is coming from other people's dreams. You have in your hands the things that give people joy or comfort or relief in the world. And you just pulled it out of your enemy. What do you think that means? Because this is Ruthless. Ruthless thinks she has ruined something. Ruthless thinks she feels powerful. And Ruthless thinks she feels fucking transcendent. Yeah. You feel... Two wet, slimy hands grab you by the side of your head, and Zenaida's rapidly increasing in size head is now inches away from your face as she says, You think you can take this from me? I've been planning this for ages. We have been slowly consuming this week soft world of yours. There's nothing you can do here that can stop that. And is about to bring your head down towards the tile. Are you going to resist that? Well, I'm going to resist that by hitting her again. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to give it to you. Yes, please. So what do I roll for this? Just a regular resist? No, because you say you wanna because you say you wanna hit Zenaida again, I'm gonna make this another action. So give me another defy. It is controlled mm-hmm. Controlled standard. Controlled standard and Because of the result of that last conflict. Okay. Are you still pushing yourself, etc.? Or is this coming back down to uh, what, three dice? Two dice? I think because I specifically am doing this to buy deed time to help Rustum do whatever it is that he needs to do, yes, I'm going to push myself again. Okay. So, five, d6. A six, a three, a four, a two, and a four. Okay. 
still a success. Just as Sinaida is bearing to like twist your head back down, you essentially kind of uppercut them before they can make more motion. They just kind of stir a little bit and let go of you. And then they let out this very loud shriek and everybody is about to take a level one harm dream stun unless they resist. I'm going to resist. I yeah. shall also resist. Is this uh, sun okay. again for everybody? This would be moon, I think. If the consequence is despair, then it's moon. Yeah, this would be moon. That was a three. Three and two. Oh, that's a one. And unless I get a whole bunch of links, I am going to hit eclipse. Two and two. Ouchies. Uh, I will. I will de-eclipse you. Okay, so I take five stress, correct? Mm-hmm. And I have three left, so I need a minimum of three left in order to not hit Eclipse. Like, a minimum of three stress taken away. I have three links I can spend, unless we're not allowed to spend more than one link at a time. Uh, oh, no, for- yeah, you can... For each link, I recover two stress, so I'd only need to take two links. Oh, so I just two links then. Okay. Yeah, and then okay. I take away two four. links. It is. Yeah. Nina takes four stress. Vic takes three stress. Actually, Kat takes. I only take two because of Indomitable. Ah, right. Noted. And Cat takes three stress. Is anyone in Eclipse at this moment? I'm one away from it. I'll give you my last link with you, so you take away two. Okay. Okay. We are that talking the hell out of each other. A total of six stress. Mm -hmm. So while this is happening, Deed, you've been given an order, and Rustam is dazed and confused, but also presently, so are you. Yeah, because like I imagine during this time, like Deed has still being like being choked out by Zenaida because I didn't resist like getting pulled in when I was leading into the the analyze flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, You're just kind of in Zenaida's grasp nearby at the moment. You're not in focus, so if you wanted to try to like cut yourself free, that's a thing that you could do. So I want to set somebody else up to actually do the killing blow, which means I think Deed like gets pulled in close and close and close and their sword kind of mold, like melds back into like a gauntlet and she reaches into the center of Zenaida and basically tries to rip open part of their existence to reveal a weak spot. As I kind of literalize all this information that I have learned about Zenaida and this conspiracy, uh, I, want to set, I, I want to set somebody up for a for a move by creating a a vulnerable spot using nice. defy okay risky standard i will go ahead and push so that will take me to 3d6 how much how far away are you from eclipse at this moment i have uh i'm at seven of nine but it's fine okay noted five five four 
okay, this is enough for you to get some parts of that. So you reach into the form of Zenaida and pull out, like, uh, someone's letter to an Ivy League school and a deed to a new home and, like, all kinds of other weird things that shouldn't fit all the way in your hand, but you've pulled them all the way out of this. And you see, like, just above Zenaida's navel is, like, this pulsing kind of core of black light that seems to be, like, holding the rest of their form just kind of outside of its periphery, as if it is a center of gravity that is also not supposed to be touched by anything. And I want to say in this moment that a thing happens, a collection of details all kind of suddenly flow forward. Mina, I would like you to give me a fortune roll that is one die for every dot that you have in any action. Like all my dots together, including transcendent dots, or no? A dot for every action that you have. Okay, so just one dot mm-hmm. for every... Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that's one, two, three, four, five. Here we go. That is a four, a three, a five, a five, and a six. So, things are falling apart all around you. One of the strongest and bravest people that you have ever met is currently in the grasp of large black slime. The other uh, strongest person that you've ever met in your life is, like, wiping black sludge off of her hands and briefly thoroughly disoriented by being severely manhandled by large black sludge right in front of her. A guy with a sword who convinced you very early on in this uh, escapade that he's a very skilled combatant is lying on the ground like he like a defeated Power Ranger. Rustam is dazed and confused on one edge of the room and while you're like still ahead of everybody else, you are one of the only people who still has the wherewithal in this moment, no matter how intense this space is at this moment, to look back behind you, because Aisha is still in the elevator and is frightened to all hell. None of this makes any sense to her. She's worried for her brother. She's worried for you. She's confused by Zenaida. She's confused by this room. You can tell that she feels a lot of fear and shame and doubt about the fact that some part of this has something to do with her. And this is giving you all kinds of feelings in this moment. You hear a voice in the back of your head. It says something to you, but you can't make it out. You get the impression that something has to be done in order to hear it clearer. Zenaida turns to Vic with absolute hatred in their eyes. And you see three new arms sprout out from the top of their shoulders. And instead of four arms, there are large chainsaw blades there instead. And each of them is about to make a swing. One at Vic, one at Deed, 
one at Ruthless, and one at the couch right in front of Cat. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com. Hi, everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.